Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the Supreme Court case, Lochner v. New York. So grab your biscuit. And let's get civical. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Walentowski. And this is the show where we talk about government stuff and civics, but it's all very fun. It's all very fun because, honestly, if we talked about government and civics in a serious way at this point, we might lose our damn minds. I would be in tears. I would be crying. <laughs> it would be so I'd hard. Be Could weeping. you imagine if we did episodes that were like today on Let's Get Civical? <laughs> I mean, it would be like a fucking soap opera. On this episode of Let's Get Civical, Lizzie and Arden look at the racist past of this country. You know, like yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> Just be like every episode. Oh, yeah, my yeah, yeah. oh my god. No, it's definitely that's not what we're doing. Nope. I cannot imagine doing that. We like to keep things light. We like to keep things fun. We like to keep things informative. And if you like what you hear, guys, you can rate, you can review, you can subscribe to us. All of those things make us very, very happy. Very if you've done it in happy. the past, it's made me burst into tears of joy. So let's do it again. But today we have, I mean, we're both kind of excited about this. We're yeah. doing a court case. Yeah. A courty court case. Yep. Which we haven't done since Obergefell back in June. We're doing Lochner v. New York. Yeah. And I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I literally, I just Googled like important court cases in the, Uni- <laughs> in the United States. And it was like, you know, number six on the list. And I was like, ooh, what is this? Because the other ones were like, I know what that is. I don't know what that is. This is one I had never heard of before. And I just kind of went down a Google rabbit hole and I was like, oh, this is like, mm. it's a fun one because it's old. It's like 1905. And then- Yeah, my favorite time. Love it. Love a 1905 court case. Ooh, ooh, turn of the century. Love it. And then it also like had lasting consequences on the interpretation of labor laws for many a Hello. decade. Yeah. So I was, this is like definitely right up our alley. And it was a really good find yeah. in a Google search that I was very proud yeah. of. I feel like the title of this episode is Lochner v. New York. Who is she? Who is she? (laughs) 
who is she? Mm-hmm. Tell me about her. Yep. Well, let's jump in. And the other thing I love that I ba- about the court case episodes is that we just, I know it's all going to be OAs. <laughs> it's all OAs. And not only just, it's, all OAs. <laughs> it's like 13.org, which like they had no authors listed. And then literally three, because there's the main court case we're talking about. And then later on, when we talk about like consequences and what happened, there are two more court cases. So it's not mm-hmm. only one OA or two OA. It's three. It's three. Three, three OAs. Three OAs. Yeah. I feel like I'm surrounded by all my friends and they're all OAs. 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 So let's let's just jump right in. Let's jump into when we're talking about Lochner v. New York. What was the case? And this obviously is coming from OAs and 13.org. OA, OA, OA. Okay, so the case was argued from February 23rd to February 24th, 1905, and was decided on April 17th, 1905. Wait, that's a turnaround if I've ever seen one. It was super I, can quick. You I know. Jeez Louise, what were what what has changed? Why does it take us now like eight months to get a decision? <laughs> I I love that. I know. They were like, mm, we know what to do here. Yeah, I think I got a handle on this one. I don't need to go back to my chambers for this, guys. No. Here's the decision. Love that. Yeah. So uh, the state of New York enacted a statute known as the Bake Shop Act in 1897, which forbid bakers to work more than 60 hours a week or 10 hours a day. Yeah. Good God. I know, right? Like... I, you read that baking, it's, baking. It's an. It's like it was bakers, and then I think it's in the next thing. But it's like other, like any type of establishment that like created some kind of bread or sweet product mm. that you ate. <laughs> they were like, no yeah, more. Go after them. You got to go after you. Got you. Got to shut them down. No more than sixty hours a week, ten hours a day. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The ba- the poor bakers. I know. Gracious. They really took it rough. So more specifically, one section of the law, the Bake Shop Act provided that, quote, no employee shall be permitted to work <laughs> to work in a biscuit, bread, or cake bakery, or confectionery, 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 yep. establishment more than 60 hours in any one week. <laughs> right? Sorry. Like, how Just is the this? Fact, the fact that biscuit had made it into here <laughs> like bread sure sure cake i get Bis- but the, the biscuit industry they're not protecting these biscuit bakers <laughs> i read like i read that part of the, this article and i was like this is absolutely the right case for us <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it just like, it really, you you get into what was going on in 1905. Yeah. You're like, you, it's really a window. Are... They're losing their minds. It's really a, win- right. a window, like, into their mindset and the priorities. Like, it's the pre World War One bliss. That's is. what it is. <laughs> it's like, it's, 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 it's pre Archduke Ferdinand getting shot in a carriage, you oh know? Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I know. So, okay, keeping on with what was the case. Joseph Lochner, who owned Lochner's Home Bakery in Utica, shout out to Utica. What up? Was fined $50 for allowing an employee to work more than 60 hours in a week. And I assume $50 was a lot this yeah. time. It doesn't sound like a lot, but I feel like it was like, But what? I think this was in, the ni- in 1905? Yeah, 1905. Like a couple hundred. Yeah, at least, at least. 
The first charge resulted in a fine of $25. Oh, so this is the second time. The second charge. The second charge a few years later was $50. So they bumped it up. Joseph. Yeah. 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 It's going to get worse. Yep. He was not happy. Oh, dear. Lochner was sentenced to incarceration in a county jail until he paid the fine or if he didn't pay for 50 days, a dollar a day. A dollar a day. Sounds Good like gracious. a debtor's prison type of situation. Wow. I'm so glad we got rid of that. I know. <laughs> That's no kidding. longer a thing. Yeah, sure. We overcame it. Yep. <laughs> Except we didn't. So Lochner appealed his conviction up to the New York Court of Appeals, which is New York State's highest court, yep. which affirmed his sentence. Yeah. The court was like, yeah, you broke the law. You broke the law, and this is what you and get. And this is what you get. You broke the law. It's, you know, it's, it's really cut and dry here. Yep. So claiming the labor law was unconstitutional, Lochner appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. Knock, I knock, mean, ding, dong. Uh, well, knock, knock, ding, dong. He's like, you know what? I'm going to take this to SCOTUS. Yeah. And he clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop on his horse and was like, knock, knock, ding, dong. I appeal. And they're yep. like, give me one month. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll have a decision to you. <laughs> Come back real quick. And then we Come will. Come back real quick. Yep. We're going to boom, bang, boom this. Yep. While Lochner did not challenge his first conviction, so that's the $25 one, yep. he appealed the second, but was denied in the state court. Before the Supreme Court, he argued that the 14th Amendment should have been interpreted to contain the freedom to contract among the rights encompassed by substantive due process. Yep. The question before the court was. Does the Bake Shop Act violate the liberty protected by the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment? I don't know. Does it or doesn't it? Does it or doesn't it? I feel like we should read the 14th, the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment, but that might be a bit Well, much. we should do a whole episode we on, should, the due process, on the Due Process Clause. That's all. Shh. I mean, I'd say 40% of yes. Supreme Court cases are looking at Due Process of the 14th Amendment. She you comes know? up all the time. All the time. All the time. She's very popular. She's very popular. So. All right. Tell me, what did they decide? What did they decide? So we've got (laughs) Joseph Lochner. He's like been okay with the first charge. He paid his $25. The second time he got caught employing people beyond the the number of hours he was allowed to employ them. He took it to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court invalidated the New York law. So they sided with him. Okay. Okay. Tell me why. (laughs) In a 5-4 decision written by Justice Rufus. What a name. What a name. It gets worse. Say the last name. Peckham. Peckham. Rufus Peckham. Justice Rufus Peckham. I just, it sounds like a tiny puppy dog that thinks it's bigger than it is. Rufus Peckham. Mom, here at your service, Rufus Peckham. Definitely. I mean, I know he's not British, but he sounds like he talks like this. Hello. Rufus Peckhams of the of the Delaware Peckhams. <laughs> and don't you, I just see his mustache like moving every time yes. that he talks. Like it just goes back and forth. Yes. 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 If he's clean shaven, I'll lose it. Oh, no. I, if he, There's no way. If he is clean shaven and historical pictures, we're editing them all. He should have, uh, a, he mustache. Just have a mustache. Just to twirl it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Justice Rufus Peckham. God, what a fucking British name held that the act was unconstitutional and that the conviction of Lochner must be reversed. Okay, go in, Rufus. Yes, he was not happy. 
The Supreme Court ruled that a New York law setting maximum working hours for bakers was unconstitutional. This is such an interesting stance. It was the first time that they, I think, had ever seen a case that was about labor law, and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't think we, we like don't. this situation that is... I don't know if we dabble in this. We don't. We don't. Mm. Labor laws. No, Put like the children that. out there. Let's see what no. happens. Put them in the coal mines. Yeah. Quote, the majority maintained that the statute interfered with the freedom of contract and thus the 14th Amendment's right to liberty afforded to employer and employee. So they took Lochner's argument and like ran with it. And they were yeah, like, yeah, yeah this you should right. you should be able to um, to like contract and employ who whomever you want for whatever terms well, of agreement long. that you want between you and the employee like that should be within your purview and the Constitution and the government should not have any say about what you do in that regard. Sure. So in other words, this is from 13.org, quote, the court held that the Constitution prohibits states from interfering with most employment contracts because the right to buy and sell labor is a fundamental freedom protected by the 14th Amendment. Mm. And I just, oh, oh okay, okay, but what are we going to have people working like 24 hours? I mean, at, I some, mean, at they, some point, according to Rufus, <laughs> according to Rufus Peckham. My God, I wonder how he would feel about a four-day work week. Whew. I don't think he would like it. I don't, I don't think know. he would like this remote working situation. I don't oh think he God. would like, you know, insurance by employers. I don't think there's, a, I think there's a whole. Get m- those biscuit bakers <laughs> back out there, guys. Let's I'm get to town. I do need my biscuits. I do like do a know, biscuit. Uh, do we think they were. Do what, we, like biscuits or like cookies? cookies. Probably cookies. Right? Do we think they're still using like your like English terminology here? I don't think that like like a cheddar and chive biscuit <laughs> that we think of was had yet been been born. Oh. You know, or like a, a KFC, you know, cheesy like biscuit. A, like a honey biscuit with butter. Yeah, I think I would imagine that it's cookies because, again, like as we know, biscuits. Yeah, to have an entire industry having employees working sixty hours a week, we what? don't even have that now. Like, <laughs> and that really like is biscuit, a shame. It is a darn shame. It, it is, is a darn, darn shame. shame. But I would, I would bet that they mean like, 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 cookies. like shortbread cookie type yeah. things. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, because you say cookie, I, like, but who knows? You say cookie, I automatically think? think chocolate chip Nestle Toll House, and that's not what was happening. Oh no, no, I think it's like a shortbread, a shortbread type of biscuit. Thing. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, that makes more sense. Although I will still, whenever I think about this episode and about biscuits, I will picture a Bob Evans biscuit covered in butter, just mm-hmm. so our listeners are clear. Absolutely, just so absolutely. Our Although yeah, I do want everybody to be clear on what we think a biscuit is. A biscuit is. <laughs> Although I do appreciate a good cheddar chive, maybe some jalapeno. Oh, oh my God. A little oh. bacon. Like, fuck me up right. Stop. Oh, my God. Put an egg on it. Oh, oh my, my God. God. It's a sandwich. It's oh, a sandwich. God. Oh, my God. I'm getting so warm. You're s- I'm sweating. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm I just thinking about these biscuits. I want some fucking biscuit. Oh, my God. Okay. Back to 
the decision about Lochner v. New York. The court construed the law as an absolute, an absolute interference, quote, with the right. I mean, they were angry. But this is an absolute interference. This, not, this isn't just an interference. This is an absolute interference. That's like when I'm talking about somebody that, that I don't like and I call I don't call them a piece of shit. I call them an absolute piece of shit. Yes, yes, yes. Very really in, punctuates it. in the affirmative. Let's be clear about it. An absolute piece of shit. An absolute, absolute. interference. Quote, with the right of contract between the employer and the employees. The court then declared that, quote, the general right to make a contract in relation to his business is hello, hello, is part of the liberty of the individual protected by the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. So, okay, clearly, they really don't like labor laws. They don't like labor laws. They don't really have, you know, place a high value on females. Um, no. the idea that females could be business no. owners in this day and I mean, oh, we're, we're also, no, no. we're going to get into it a little bit later because this female labor and females in the workplace does surface. They do. They do. <laughs> and the court. pesky women just popping up. I know. Who do they think they are? Well, men. Oh, come on. I love, I love that we just crack each other up. Okay. Oh, I know. It's just for us. This is just just for for us. us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So the 14th Amendment's due process clause, here we go, prohibits states from depriving any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of the law. To the court, the right to buy and sell labor through contract was a liberty of the individual protected under the amendment. Okay, this yeah. is a stretch. I feel like you're stretching. This, yeah, it's I, the seventh inning, and you're stretching. You're stretching. Like, come on. I just feel like a liberty of the individual. Like, if we're gonna find that in the Constitution, how did it take us that long to find privacy in the Constitution? Oh, because it had to <laughs> sure. do with families. It had to do with females. Sure. It's also interesting because it's like they in this. Um, what they've written here is the interpretation of liberty. They've done it in from the point of view of the employer, but like yeah. isn't I would argue like doesn't the employee share the same liberty same the protection of liberty to to not be forced to work 60 hour weeks, you right. know, or right. like an egregious amount of working hours? Like I feel like that also you have you have a liberty to fair Right. Employment, right? You know, and healthy employment, and I mean, put me on the court, bitches. I dissent. I dissent because when you enter into a contract, the contract, like, yes, the there's somebody paying another person. I mean, and mm-hmm. as we're talking about this contract, but that doesn't mean that, like, like you can't. There's another person on the other side of that contract, and right. if the contract. If that's what we're trying to protect, then by definition, you have to protect the liberty of both individuals, which is exactly what you're yes. saying. Like the other, yes. just because one person is giving money, if they just put the money on the table and nobody takes it, then the law doesn't matter anyway. Right. Right. Great. I'm glad we've settled that. Okay. Yep. We're solving we the world's problems. Yes. And it's 1905 mm-hmm. and we are on the case. <laughs> we're on the case. If only they had asked us back then. They could, we could have saved Honestly. them a lot of trouble. I would have given them my capital O opinion. (laughs) (laughs) 
Continuing with 13.org, the court admitted that while in certain circumstances, states, states may legitimately regulate certain contracts through their police powers. Love that word. Uh-huh. The baking industry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's so no, no. I'm telling you this Oh, my is- God. They're singling them out. What is going on with the bakers? What did they ever do? This is a case that was meant for us to find. I just, God. like, every fucking turn. So, uh, <laughs> states, so the court said states may legitimately regulate certain contracts through their police powers. The baking industry, unlike the mining industry, was not an unhealthy trade and therefore was not legally subject to regulation. I beg to differ. Ovens. Right? Knives. Standing? Mixers. Standing. Physical labor. Yes, granted, I would say, is mining more hazardous? Yes. <laughs> of course. Yes. But that does not mean that baking is not also hazardous. Working any job yeah. for 60 hours a week that requires any amount of anything yeah. is unhealthy. Unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. no. But you're so accurate because ovens back then were not like the Viking, you know, Sure nice wasn't. There was not timer. Ovens. It was like wood and mm-hmm. fire and coal and stone like i don't know yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> name other things that burn <laughs> like what else burn leaves, leaves. grass <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah the but the i do enjoy this idea that like their interpretation of dan- of like an unhealthy trade yes is like yeah really funny to me. Well, just the idea that, like, we're going to have regulations for the baking industry. We're going to have regulations for the mining industry. We're yeah. going to have the regulations for the shipping industry. We're going to mm-hmm. have regulations for the for Wall Street. We're going to – it's like, honey, save yourself the work. Save Umbrella it. it. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine them – like, if, if they considered, like, the mining industry an, el- an unhealthy trade, I wonder what they would think about, like, flight controllers and pilots. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'd be like – Un- that is an unhealthy, unhealthy industry. Don't even get me started. Oh, oh my God. God. So I don't. So crazy. No, thank so you. Crazy. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Continuing on with 13.org, the court held that the act, that the New York Bake Shop Act, was, quote, an unreasonable, unnecessary, and arbitrary interference with the right of the individual to his personal liberty. His personal liberty! His personal liberty, numero uno, numero dos, the, like, individual personal liberty of the employer, not the employee. Yep, 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 yep. I'm seeing a lot of issues with this, Rufus. Rufus did not really think this through. Wished you would have called me. Wished Rufus would have called me. They also said that the the act irrationally limited freedoms necessary for the support of workers and their families. And by that, I think they mean somebody's ability to work more than 10 hours a day. like if we... And earn money. Yeah, if you need more money. Right. Sure, but then that's... I mean, it's like, then we gotta talk about overtime, honey. Yep. And also, like... I get that there, you know, you can't, there's got to be like a cost benefit analysis of like how you're, how much you're paying somebody versus like, there's a trade off right between pay and hours and all that stuff. Yeah. But honestly, I feel like a lot of times people, you know, they're being pay, like paid five cents for whatever they're doing. Right. And it's about like, like, how about we do seven? You're talking about the wage of living that's needed. You know, if you need, if you need to work 60 hours a week mm-hmm. to make ends meet, to make ends meet, then the wage, then it's unfair wages, you know. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we have we have more problems at hand, which mm-hmm. is why we have something like minimum wage, which also needs currently is not fair. Oh my god! Along with overtime, yeah. which is also those laws aren't fair either. No, you guys, we didn't no. solve it. It's like Rufus is still with us. We're, we haven't solved it, and in some place, like even in New York now, we have a fifteen dollar minimum wage, and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> valid. Eight years ago, maybe when that sure. when people like first really started arguing for that, and now it's like I mean, even back then it was a bit of a joke, but especially now, fifteen dollars an hour, <laughs> right? But he, I mean, and but then like think about you know states and corporations because federally it's still seven twenty five. Mm-hmm. It federally the minimum wage right now is seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour, which is fucking insane. Wait, I need that to... is keeping people in poverty. I need to do the math right quick because I need to know what forty hours a week at seven twenty five is. Yeah. Okay, seven 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 twenty five times forty hours a week. If you work all fifty two weeks a year, is fifteen thousand fifteen fifteen thousand eighty dollars. 
not including tax. Pre tax. Pre tax. It is abominable that the 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 federal minimum wage is seven twenty five. And anybody who argues against it, it just doesn't believe in human rights. <laughs> like that's insane because nobody who's like anti seven twenty five would never work for seven dollars and twenty five cents. Absolutely not. You think Mitch McConnell would like pick up a rake and rake a yard for seven twenty five? No, an I don't hour? think Mitch McConnell would do anything. But like, no. it's just it's crazy. It's crazy. Hold on, I'm doing. Ugh. But even fifteen. Doing more math? I'm doing more math. But even fifteen dollars an hour. Minimum is $31,200 pre-tax. Oh, totally. I don't think 15. I think it's higher than 15 for sure. But it's for like. For sure. In, in New York, in compare, at least New York got yes. to 15. Yes. You know, like we got 100%. to. Now we need to keep going. Yeah. But the fact that federally, because there's not a lot of states where 15 is the minimum. You know what I mean? So yep. it's like it needs to be like federally we have to address it. And the fact that it hasn't, the, that minimum wage hasn't been adjusted in something obnoxious like 20 years. Oh, it's insane. And yet the cost of living across the board has gone up exponentially is crazy. Crazy and insulting and yeah, like a stain on humanity. <laughs> like how mm-hmm. are people supposed to live? No, they want people to be kept in poverty. Yeah. Okay, so back to our notes. So this is coming from Oye's. The court further held that the New York law, so we've like, they basically, to recap, have been like, the New York law infringed on the employee's right to make contracts as they wanted to see them, and that's a violation of their liberty. Okay, whatever. Great. 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 We love, we love a misinterpretation. The court further held that the New York law failed the rational basis test for determining whether government action is constitutional. Okay. (laughs) The The majority reasoned that the Bake Shop Act had no rational basis because long working hours did not dramatically undermine the health of employees and baking is not particularly dangerous. I'm sorry. I beg to differ. Have you ever taken out a cupcake tray with... When it's you're hot. It's hot. When you are half a bottle of wine in, it is dangerous. Well, you mean to tell me that like we're in New York, right? And it's July. Yeah. And they're baking for 60 hours a week in New York heat with stone or wood or coal, like industrial look- ovens. Right. It is unhealthy. It is unhealthy. It is unhealthy. It's not ventilated. No, this was like right before temperance. So you know all of these people are not drinking water. They're drinking liquor. Yeah. Like hybrid liquor. Is not healthy. They're drunk. And what was the food situation like? They're not eating, you know, a slice of pizza. <laughs> Do you know? No, like they're, they're eating not the bread. <laughs> the bread. <laughs> they're eating the biscuits. They're eating the biscuits. <laughs> one for you, one for me. Mm-mm. I d- I I beg to differ. I bet this was I bet this was a gnarly gnarly industry to be I doing so. in 1905 Nin- in New York because oh we're talking God. about like the Lower East Side 1905 in yep. New York. Like it's not it's not trendy. It's not cute. It's packed with people, and you and you're packed. It's compact. There's no air. There's no ventilation. It's com- are there windows? I don't know. I don't know. I bet not. Or if there are, I they're do. tiny. Tiny, tiny windows. Tiny, tiny windows. Big, big ovens. Oh, my God. So the decision, this is from 13.org, the decision in the resulting Lochner era it ushered in led to the aberration of many progressive era and Great Depression laws regulating working conditions. So it just led to an Mm -hmm. era where the Supreme Court was like, 
they just kept striking them down. They didn't, yeah. they had no interest and didn't think that like labor laws were like a legitimate piece of legislation mm-hmm. to be passed by the state. Don't love that. Mm-mm. All right, let's talk about lasting consequences because I bet there are many. So, again, coming from OYA's, broadly interpreting state authority to regulate under its police powers, Justice Harlan, in his dissent, articulated reasoning that would inform later decisions in the post-Lochner era. Rather than requiring the government to prove that a law had a rational basis, he would require the party challenging the law to prove that the test was not met, which is the current rule. Yeah. Lochner v. New York, controversial from the time it was decided, rendered the judiciary a consistent adversary to legislatures for more than 30 years. Time and time again, the Supreme Court struck down laws regulating labor conditions, construing them as repugnant to the 14th Amendment. Yeah. Ugh. So they basically... See, this is what I'm talking about. This era of Supreme Court... Yeah. I don't like them. No, they... they I don't like them one bit. No. They really were for, like, the big guys and not for the little guys. Yeah. Until 1937... Bring it on, the 37s. The 37s. Enter Elsie Parrish. So... Ooh, I know this is where we start talking about a couple of other court cases and like how the Lochner era eventually ended. And it's like really interesting. And I think you're going to like it. Okay, so in 1937, the Supreme Court overturned Lochner, Lochner v. New York, which is the decision we've been talking about in a case called West Coast Hotel v. Parrish. This is all coming from 13.org. At the time, under Washington state law, the Industrial Welfare Committee and Supervisor of Women in Industry, what a title. Sure, sure. (laughs) Industrial Welfare Committee and Supervisor of Women in Industry, like, set a minimum wage of $14.50 for each work week of 48 hours. Let's do that math right quick. We're just going to- Let's do that math. We're just going to do that math math right quick. Pull out your calculator app, do the math. I bet it's like that is a little cents a day. 30 cents. No. 30 cents. 30 cents an hour. An hour? Mm -hmm. An hour. Yep. 30 cents an hour. Perfect. Yep. I mean, that's what I make. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) Elsie Parrish was an employee of the West Coast Hotel Company. And she received an amount less than this wage. So she was making less than 30 cents an hour. She brought suit to recover the difference between the wages she was paid to her and the, and the wages that she should have been paid under the minimum wage law fixed by the state. Mm, get a woman yeah. to get the job done. That's right. That's right. So the court, the lower court, when they heard the case, they ruled for the hotel, citing. Of course. Of course. Citing a 1923 case called Adkins v. Children's Hospital, in which the Supreme Court struck down a minimum wage law for working women. So Elsie Parrish is working at the hotel. She's not making what she should be making according to the minimum wage law and placed it by her state. So she mm-hmm. goes to the courts. The lower court says, this isn't discriminatory because of this other Supreme Court case. So we're just a little aside on this court case because I think you'll really hate it. Hate it. <laughs> so the case that was going to overturn Lochner, the, the court turned to Adkins and Children's Hospital to, to like uh, for precedent, right? 
So, Mm -hmm. quick sidebar on Atkins. In 1918, Congress enacted a law guaranteeing a minimum wage to women and children employed in the District of Columbia. D.C.'s Children's Hospital, which employed many a women, sought an injunction against enforcing this law. The injunction was denied in the trial court, but granted in the immediate appellate court. In making their decision, the Supreme Court had relied on Lochner v. New York. So, Lochner happened, it was decided in 1905, where they said, like, we don't like... You don't need to interfere. No, we don't, we don't, want, don't. We don't want states interfering. We don't, like, D.C., yeah. we don't want you to interfere, like, as a, as a district. Employer liberties. Empo- yeah, 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 yeah. Like, fuck the employees. It's all about the employer. And so when they were deciding Atkins versus Children's Hospital, they they based this decision about whether or not they should pay women as much as they're paying men on Lochner. Perfect. Perfect, right? So then when they were Absolutely. deciding West Coast Hotel v. Parrish, they turned to this case, Atkins versus Children's Hospital, that had been based on Lochner. So we're Perfect. starting to see, right? I like see the how lineage. they're all connected. So let's go back to the West Coast, Co- West Coast Hotel. So we've got Lochner and then Atkins. Now we're at West Coast Hotel. So the decision in the West Coast Hotel case versus Parrish was, does a minimum wage law for women violate the due process clause of the Fifth Amendment as applied to the states by the 14th Amendment? And I just feel like we're just continuing to see in many forms the consequences of leaving people out of the initial constitution. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course. It's like the word women, woman is not in there. No. It's not in there once. No, it's not in there once. So, so like, you don't exist, so you get no rights. Okay. You get no rights. Yeah. Not a darn right. Nope. 30 cents an hour is all you get. All you get. So, in a, this is where it gets better. So in a five to four decision written by Justice Charles Evans Hughes, the court held that the establishment of minimum wages for women was constitutional. Thank Uh-oh. you, Charles. Good gracious. I know. It's it only like, took till I like want to celebrate that, but I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. Like, thank you for doing what you could call the bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also like at that time, these like five people were probably it's insane to think of it as like being a hard decision to make, but it was probably oh, like I mean, a it's hard a decision five four decision. Like this was this was not a landslide at no, all, you know. No, no, no. This was not like oh, all nine men on the Supreme Court being like, yes, obviously women deserve to have money. Obviously, no. obviously, obviously. No, they were like, it's no, honestly gonna- they weren't even like. They probably were like, I mean, I get what you're saying that women aren't in the Constitution, yeah. and like in some ways, I agree with you that like, do they deserve liberties? Not all, not certain, not but all. maybe in this particular one. Right. I think that this, I think employer, you know, but everything else, no, of course not. No, like, I'm no. not saying, like, let's give women, like, the same rights as men. That's crazy. But when it comes to minimum wage and labor laws, like, sure, I can see the argument there. Like, that's right. probably what it was. Uh, yeah. Probably. Okay. So the majority ruled that the state may use its police power again this Phrase police Police power power. that I just find (laughs) insane because I don't think they actually mean police, like physical human police. They mean like ability to regulate. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just an insane turn of phrase. It just means something completely different now. Like completely different. Oh, totally. Completely Mm -hmm. different. So the, the majority ruled that the state may use its police power to restrict the individual freedom to contract saying they can the states have the right to make these laws complete turn of 
position for the court. The decision overruled Adkins, which is the case that we talked about in D.C. with the Children's Hospital, where they weren't paying the women as much as they were paying the men, and marked the court's departure from the expansive view of freedom to contract, which started with the Lochner case. I love it. Yeah. Over. Turn it, honey. Turn it over and throw it in the trash. The The West Coast Hotel case is generally regarded as having ended the Lochner era, a period in American legal history in which the Supreme Court intended to invalidate legislation aimed at regulating business. This is all from Oye's. Quote, while Justice Hughes wrote the opinion, the stark doctrinal shift resulted from Justice Owen... Jo- Jesus, fuck. Josephus? Josephus? Oh, God. We're going to need to take two on this. Oh, no, we know this is staying in because this is, hello, I am Owen Josephus Roberts. Oh, my God, Owen, uh, Owen. Josephus? Josephus, your parents did you wrong, baby boy. All right. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Must be a family name. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that must be a family name. That sounds like a last name that got stuck in as like yeah, a I bet. middle name. Josephus. Yeah. The stark, do- the stark doctrinal shift in the court resulted from Justice Owen Josephus Roberts changing his perspective on the issue. According to Hughes, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's re-election in 1936 and the impressive achievements of the New Deal caused Roberts to abandon his affiliation with the court's conservative justices. So this actually is interesting because obviously I'm like, yes, this is a victory. But actually this guy is like, this is a bad justice. You should not be switching how you look at deciding things based on who's in office and what's going on. Like, technically, if you're a Supreme Court justice Mm. and you're supposed to be impartial, the way you interpret, like, he should be interpreting the Constitution and what it means, not based on if what FDR is doing, not based on what the achievements of the New Deal are. But, like, what is in the Constitution? What yeah. did a founding fathers intend? You know, all of the things. Yeah. So I think this guy, like, I mean, granted, it works in our favor now, which is yeah. fine. But, like, this is a bad justice. He, like, yes. From a justice. Imagine this happening today. Like, you know, like, like, like Stephen Breyer being like, you know what? After this Trump presidency and everything that it's achieved, I'm kind of, I'm going to abandon my liberal counterparts. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> It is crazy. I do like, yes, I totally hear you. He's he like on paper is a bad justice because of his reasonings for why he changed his mind. But part right. of me is also like as a human, like I applaud an evolution. I applaud like recognizing good where you see it. And I applaud like incorporating your perspectives of how society and politics are changing for the better and incorporating that into your own beliefs. And like and evolving, I do think that that like that is a valid thing to do. But yeah, like on paper, he he's like choosing a side, and it I see, right. your, I totally see. It your argument. seems very partisan in this. I which totally is see. Like, your argument. That's I n- the whole thing that you're not supposed to be. I that, mean, I love evolving too. Like absolutely, yeah. I'm glad that he made this change. But I think his reasoning and doing it is because it's like I didn't even that didn't even cross my mind. Well, because what's problematic is the idea of having quote liberal and quote conservative justices yeah like like everybody should be fluid right you know? even though we know that's like, bullshit and everybody has a side absolutely absolutely but like it, it, on paper like what the supreme court is supposed to be is is nine people who are experts on constitutional law and all of that stuff yep you know deciding 
is what we're what we're doing is in the realms of what we've agreed upon our constitutional rights you know yeah like are we staying that course and that shouldn't be a partisan issue although it is because everything is now everything is but i mean it's it's just interesting to see how far back it goes it goes (laughs) so far back to the beginning of time shit runs deep (laughs) shit runs deep it's always been there so then, to quote Oyez once again, in dissent, Justice George Sutherland implicitly criticized Roberts for changing sides and argued that politics and public opinion, honey, pulse, pulse, honey. <laughs> My finger's on the pulse. <laughs> on the pulse. Um, he argued that politics and public opinion should not impact the court's understanding of the Constitution. Yeah. I mean, what that really is just saying is that Lizzie should be a Supreme Court justice. I Guys, have I think it time and would, time again. I think we would Proved all it time and time again. benefit immensely. She doesn't have the on-paper credentials, but I can guarantee right. you she'd be dope. Yeah. It's like the only reason the Supreme Court has had to evolve sort of based on public opinion uh, is because this country started out with slavery and women not being recognized as people. Yeah. So it's... And and the Supreme Court started off validating that. And then as public opinion shifted to be like, actually, we don't want slavery and we want women to be people, they've had to adopt and it's become like if we had just started off on the offset being like all men and women are created equal. Yep. We we wouldn't have had to. It would the Supreme Court wouldn't have had to adjust to public opinion as much as it's had to. Yeah. But the problem is we started out wrong poorly. And wrong. We started off on the wrong foot. Yes. So. We we really dug ourselves a big old trench. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure did. Still not out of it. Mm Mm-mm. So today, the court holds that states may freely regulate terms of employment without violating the 14th Amendment so long as such regulation is rational and procedurally fair. Yeah. Though eventually formally struck down, Lochner's finding that, quote, substantive, not just, quote, procedural rights are protected under the 14th Amendment is still very much alive today. Substantive due process limits the type of activities a state may regulate, whereas procedural due process limits the means by which a state may regulate. While the court now holds that the 14th Amendment does not provide substantive due process in the economic sphere, such as a right to freely contract labor, it now holds that the amendments sometimes provide substantive due process in the social sphere, such as the right to freely use contraceptives. See Griswold v. Connecticut in 1965. Yeah. We love that. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it's changed. Like, it's, it's uh, the court has evolved, as they say. Sure has, and in my way, we have a go- we have to go. We have so far to go. Yep. But yeah, that's Lochner v. New York. What a crazy case! Isn't that crazy? I mean, I totally, I totally see why it's a significant case. Yeah. And of course, we're not taught it because yeah. it literally is the beginning of labor law disputes. Yeah. Really. Yeah. On a on a legal scale. Yeah. And it's so interesting that we started off this fight like on the wrong foot. That's so U.S. dot <laughs> to just. <laughs> it's so us like we started off being like you know what you work like 60 hour weeks yep. government can't regulate this no 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 honey yep uh, you're not minors no 
So why are you complaining? You're not a minor. You're just baking bread. Like, oh, come on. You're just baking hard. bread. You're baking biscuits, for God's sakes. Biscuits. The oh poor God. biscuit bakers. Shout out to shout out to all the bakers. You know, like you guys do the work. If you make biscuits, we all enjoy baking. We love baking. If you make biscuits. Please send us some. Like, DM us. We will have your base. If you're in if you're in the New York area. And you're open right now for takeout? I'll come get your biscuits. I swear to God, DM me right now. I love biscuits. We'll shout you out for sure. For sure, for sure. <laughs> I, either the cookie kind or the chive and cheddar. We or the chive and cheddar. If you have a good cookie or a good chive and cheddar biscuit, Hit call me. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get this going. Yeah. Oh, man. Ugh. Well, on that note, you guys, you know that we love you so, so much. And if you liked what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As we said at the top, you can rate us, you can review us, you can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.